March 5th was the week before the world was known to shut down from what we experienced. And I had a feeling it was coming. On March 5th, I decided with my wife we would experience one last mass gathering. And so we went to a concert at the American Airlines Arena. And in that concert, I was so excited. I had a feeling everything was going to get stopped right before then. But right up until we got to the gates, everything was good. We get in the concert, and I'm pumped. We were going to see the opening act, Johnny Swim, one of my favorite bands. And we get there, and people are moving around, and and Johnny Swim is singing their songs, and I'm singing along with them. And a lot of the older crowd in the concert was singing along with them, but many of the people were still getting settled to get ready for the main act. And her name is Lauren Daigle. And, and a lot of moms and their daughters came to see Lauren Daigle, but me and my wife were there to see Johnny Swim, and I was willing to stay for Lauren Daigle because my wife wanted to hear her. And so we, we sing along with Johnny Swim. We're going crazy, great seats. Lauren Daigle comes out, and I'm starting to relax. I'm going to enjoy her music peacefully and just kind of listen to her sing. She's got a powerful voice. It was going to be amazing. And then the 11-year-old girls and their mom start singing along with her, and they get louder, and it's just a mass arena filled with people singing with Lauren Daigle. But then a few moments later, I realize I'm singing along with Lauren Daigle. And then a few moments after that, I realize I'm singing louder than all the 11-year-olds in my section. You plead my cause. You right my wrongs. You overcame. I'm, I'm singing this chorus with her because I believe it. And then after the end of the song, I kind of opened my eyes because I was drawn into the moment and I could see these little tweens looking over at me like I was the guy who was singing louder than everyone in the arena. And it's because I was. And now I've become part of a story they're going to joke about with their moms for the rest of their life. They're going to say, remember the Lauren Daigle concert and how that one guy sang louder than her and kind of ruined the show for us? We've all been to concerts or, or gatherings where there's one person who's just shouting and cheering louder than the rest, and oftentimes they're making a fool of themselves. But there's something powerful about being in a place where so many people are gathered around one moment, around one song. There's just a normal energy taking place. And then the vocalist hops on the mic and starts to say, just a small town girl. And then everybody chimes in, and we're all in that moment together. Or the, the marching band starts to play the fight song, and we begin to cheer and shout, and we're gearing up for football season. We're gearing up for our team to take the field. We're surrounded in that moment because of the emotion associated with the music that drives that moment. We're together in that moment because we're all singing that song. We all came to experience this this vocalist, this performer, and we get to sing that together. And there's something connecting about the emotion, about the experience that music can bring us. And there's something powerful about when we hear a song and we're taken back to a place where we experience that song or where we associate that song. Music is powerful for each one of us. Even those of us who don't sing, we'd say we don't sing, we feel like we're doing someone a favor by not singing or we just don't feel comfortable singing aloud, we still have songs that we're drawn to because of where they take us and what we associate them with. The whole book of Psalms is the collection of those songs that draw us back to praising God. 
that draw us back to experience who God is and the emotion of being saved by him, the emotion of being rescued, the emotion of seeing him show up in our lives. And Psalms has given us that reminder week in and week out that God is worthy of our praise. And praise is a powerful word. Psalm 150 wraps it all up in a neat bow to close out the book of the Psalms, to close out this reminder, this songbook that the psalmists have prepared for us. And Psalm 150 takes us to that place where we can remember a collection of these experiences. Let's read together in verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is a call for participation as things wrap up. In the arena, the concert venue's been set. Everyone's kind of got their snacks and they're enjoying snacks together. And then the lights go down and people anticipate and the band rushes the stage and the lights come up and everybody participates and they sing together. And this psalm is written for that purpose, for that reminder. Hey guys, These songs, these reminders set the stage for us to praise God in his sanctuary, for us to praise the Lord. We're united in this praise. There's something to celebrate. And so the psalmist writes, let's celebrate with everything that we have, every musical instrument we can find, every movement of our body, every noise we can make. Let's make that a praise to God. So praise him. With this psalm, there's a who, what, when, where, why, and how all spelled up in six verses that tells us the vital importance of praise. If you jump back to Psalm 1, it starts with, blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who's by streams of living water. And then you come to the end of Psalm 150. Praise God. Someone who is marked by God, who's been planted by that stream of water, is responding through praising God. So as we praise God, we should look at who, what, when, where, why, and how. God is worthy of our praise. God is deserving our praise. Our praise should be directed at God. So that's what we look at is praise should be pointed toward God. Who should be praising God, though? Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He breathes life into our bodies. He gives us breath to breathe out. And with that breath, we should be offering praise to the Lord. Everything that has breath. So humans can praise the Lord. Animals can praise the Lord. Creation can praise the Lord. Even the rocks will cry out, as scripture says. If I can't praise, the grass is going to sing in praise and move in praise. The flowers are going to proclaim his goodness, the skies are going to proclaim his handiwork. Everything that has breath, everything that benefits from the life he's given gets to praise the Lord. Everything can praise 
where should we praise? If we're part of this everything that should praise, if we have breath in our lungs and can praise, we should praise the Lord in his sanctuary, in his mighty heavens. And when we look at the word sanctuary, we think I need to go into a church building for a worship service and praise in that space. But sanctuary is representative of God's holiness and God's power. Praise him in his holiness. Praise him in his temple. Praise him in his power. And we see when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, we become a temple of God. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6 that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that our bodies are not our own. We've been bought with a price. And because of that, we are not our own. Our bodies are an indwelling of the Spirit, and the Spirit lives in us and through us. And so praise is just part of our living and breathing and acting. So we praise, but the what is what gets confusing. You've said praise several times. What does that even mean? And what's beautiful about the Psalms is they're written in Hebrew, and the Hebrew language is far more complex than the language that we speak. Because the word praise doesn't just have one definition. Many of us, we have one definition in English for the word love, for the word sing. Like, I love my wife, I love tacos. That's the same thing. I sing in a group together performing, or I sing in my head quietly by myself. Praise means so many different things, and the Hebrew language gives us several ways to tease it out. So the first word for praise that's present here is the word halal. Halal is a collection of psalms that we've studied. Halal points us to praise, and it's that root word for hallelujah, but the halal psalms are praises to God. They're reminders of who God is and what God has done. And so a halal, when we say praise, when I say halal, boast foolishly and make a show of it. Jump, dance, be loud and clamorous. So when we remember God for who he is, how he's rescued us, how he's saved us, a halal is this all-in movement. And we see this best portrayed by King David when the Ark of the Covenant is coming back into the temple, coming back home. There's been, God's army has redeemed and saved and the presence of God that's represented in this ark is, is coming back home. David halal God. He praises hard and he gets so excited that he just runs out in the street and he's dancing and he's shouting and he's singing to God. And his robe goes open because it's not tied and his wife Michael says, you look like a fool. It's it's undignified of you to be dancing around naked. You're the king. And he says, woman, I'll become more undignified than this. And in so doing, he's dancing. He's saying, I'm going to praise with everything I have. I'm going to boast foolishly. I'm going to make a show of it. I'm going to jump, dance, be loud and clamorous. Not so that people would see me praising, but because God is worthy of my praise in everything. I have no inhibitions about praising God wherever I am. I can sing loudly, not to draw attention to myself, but to draw attention to him. I can dance, not to draw attention to myself, but to draw attention to him. And that's part of our praise. And this hallelujah, a thousand praises. We have the the hallelujah chorus that we sing often around Easter. And that hallelujah is this shout of praise, shout of praise, shout of praise. 
There's so much praise I need to offer God, I can't even say it all at once. So we have a word that means 10,000 praises, and that's hallelujah. And so with the what being praise the Lord in his sanctuary, in his mighty heavens, praise him. A halal, we should offer everything we have in excitement. When you're watching a sports game, when I'm watching a Cowboys game, and they score a touchdown, and, and Dak goes around, and he jumps over a defensive man, and then he dives into the end zone, I don't just say, real neat, Dak, real good job. I go crazy. I jump off of my seat. I, I bang my hands together. I'm loud. I'm clamorous. I'm expressive. Halal, this was what I needed. And that's just a Cowboys game. I get pumped about it. We see parades in the streets. The Cubs won the World Series. The Eagles finally won a Super Bowl. We're going to go crazy and offer our all. I'll become more undignified than this. And we offer all that praise for the Cowboys. But when it comes to sitting behind a screen on our couch, the song comes on, we kind of sit there and say, oh, that's a, that's a good song. Oh, I like this one. She's got a good voice. He's got a good voice. He's good at playing that guitar. Rather than participating in this praise, this boast of who God is and what he's done. Another word for praise in Hebrew that we see, tehillah. It means to praise vocally in songs and shouts. This is more of a spontaneous. And you've probably heard me say before that my wife has a song for every moment. I could just be talking and I say a word, it triggers a song, she sings a song. And this is a spontaneous praise. We could be walking down the street and remembering God's goodness, recalling his salvation, seeing his provision. Yeah, I'm walking in the street, but I'm walking to work. And then we just sing glory to God in the highest and we celebrate. It's spontaneous and it's uncontrollable because we're so filled with praise. John Piper says the way that we praise God is the way that we feel about God. And so if we don't feel good about God, we're probably not gonna praise God. But when the Christian, when the believer feels good about God, when they're focused on God growing in their walk with God, when they're studying his word, when they're crying out to him, we get to see more of him and know more of him. And then in turn, we're filled with praise. And so our worship looks like our feelings toward God. And I wonder if, if we looked at the way we worship, the way we praise, does that really reflect what we feel? We need to dive in and know him more because he's worthy of so much more. And that's the Tehillah, spontaneous, unrehearsed. And then Zamar. And these are all real Hebrew words. I'm not just putting syllables together, but Zamar means to praise with instruments alone or with voices alone. So I, I can't sing, I'm just gonna bang on this drum or I'm just gonna play these keys or this guitar or whatever it may be. I'm gonna offer my praise and I love seeing testimonies of people who will get up and play a killer guitar solo, not so that you could see how good they are at playing guitar. And my friend Dale, he plays in our worship band. He's had numerous guitar solos and numerous piano solos, and he doesn't do that so we'd know how rocking he is. He does that as a, as a praise to God, and we can see it in his life. We can see it in his presentation. He knows it's not about him in that moment, and we get to see that. And that's your Zamar praise. God, I don't feel good about singing right now, so I'm gonna offer you what I can. Or God, I can't play any instruments, I can sing. I'm gonna offer just my voice and that's all I can bring, but I'm gonna bring it all. And we Zamar, God, sing. 
or just play. And then barak is the next word for praise. Barak means to kneel in reverence or submission. And that's recognizing that a healthy fear of the Lord, a submission, kneel in reverence. God, you are powerful. And we do this sometimes when we go to museums or when we go to sporting events, when we see something huge for the first time. Like I just watched that spaceship go to Mars. Wow, powerful. Or that's, that's a beautiful piece of art. And we're just struck in awe and, and we, we revere it. We fear it healthily. Barak, my praise is a recognition of your power, your authority. You are worthy of reverence. And that reminds me of my humble state, my meek presence in comparison to who you are. And that's a praise we offer to God. We don't come in and, God, I'm pretty good at guitar and singing, so listen to this. Sometimes we, we barak. My best praise is, is a kneeling reverence, humble position, humble heart, just crying out to you, saying you are so powerful because we're not. And that's a healthy praise too. The next three are three of my favorite because they're fun to say, but also they, they point to how we can better praise God. Yada. Yada means to lift up or throw arms upward in praise and surrender to throw your hands up and forward while making a confession about God. And this is where it gets uncomfortable. I grew up in a Lutheran church where we, did not, we didn't do our hands up in the air or out. If we were moving, we were on the kneeler, we were in the pew, we were standing. But our hands pretty much always stayed in our pockets the whole time. And so for most of us, it's uncomfortable for us to bring our yada, for us to throw our hands up and surrender and cry out, This is a truth about you. God, you are good. You are worthy. You are powerful. And it's it's this uncontrollable. I'm I'm throwing my hands upward because I don't really know what to do. But you're you're worthy of it all. And and when we can do this, it's it's a surrender. It's a praise of surrender and recognizing the truth about who God is. So when we praise the Lord in our sanctuaries, when we praise the Lord because of his mighty works, We're throwing our hands up saying, yes. And that's not always safe to do when you're driving or when you're in your living room or in your office and you're just drawn to praise. But there are moments where we could do that more and be honest with God about who he is. And let me just throw my hands up. And it's it's not mandatory, but I think it's a good reflection of how we feel about God sometimes, where it's all we can offer is my hands in the air. Toda is the next one to sing praises together as one community in harmony. So with this, this is the the corporate gathering we typically experience. For many of us, it's gathering around our computers, around our TVs, in separate locations, but together on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning or whenever we're consuming this, and we're singing that together with one voice, lifting up our praise. And I love this, and I miss a lot of this when my mind is not on God and my mind is on my my selfish wants and desires. And I think, man, I just we should just throw all caution to the wind and, and be together so that we can experience this. Let's just be in one room and sing about God for who he is. Because when we hear other people singing, we know we're not alone. When we hear other people singing with us, proclaiming those same truths, we're united in that, and it's powerful. 
when I could sit in my chair and listen to Lauren Daigle and then so many other people, 20,000 people singing right along with her. It's this powerful proclamation of truth. You say that I am free. How can that be? And we're all singing that together. And that's this toda. And that's what's so important is we are doing that even though we don't realize we're doing that. When we gather around for worship at 7 o'clock on Wednesday or 10 a.m. on Sunday, we're able to do that. And there's so many technologies that allow us to do that even more as as small groups gather into little homes and, and they sing together or as people hop on Zoom together and participate in worship together, the opportunity is there for us to tote up, for us to praise God. And in praising God, we're uniting with others to know we're not alone. So how good is it that God allows us to bring him praise while also providing the community we need? And then this last one, Shabbat. Reach out with affection for God to feel his hold on us, a loud, joyous shout of testimony. And this is what many of us offer when we hear that song and we're drawn in. That's so true. That that is so true. I can't help but singing. And I know I'm not as good as this person. I I don't even care. I'm, I'm singing because it's a truth about my testimony. It's a truth about who God has been to me and what God has done in my life. This is my praise. And it's all I can offer. I'm reaching out with affection to God whether it's a hand up, two hands up, hands out, hands in pockets, and we just can't contain our praise. So I want to challenge you to live your life with proper praise. And that puts us around Psalm 150. When you live your life with proper praise, and you live all your days out with proper praise, you're honoring God with what you're doing. Because live is an action word. Live is a verb that pushes us forward. A lot of us have life happen to us, but living your life is an intentional step forward. And proper is directing what is due to where it is due. My praise is giving credit to where credit is due. And proper is where we get caught up. Charles Spurgeon says, to give the least particle of his honor to another is shameful treason. To refuse to render it to him is heartless robbery. Any bit of praise we give outside of the one worthy of praise is treason. Heartless robbery. Idolatry is another word for it. And I do it all the time. And I'm gearing up to do it more as football season starts as we drift through the playoffs, as I encounter different people that I idolize and trust more than the word of God or listen to more than God's word itself. When we live our days with proper praise, we're being intentional about what we're doing to give credit where credit is due. And giving credit where credit is due is bringing all those acts of praise, physical, emotional, verbal shouts and movements of praise and displays of affection for God in his sanctuary, in his mighty heavens. Everywhere we go, we can be filled with that praise. Why? Because of his mighty deeds, according to his excellent greatness. So the what is praise. The why is excellent greatness, his mighty deeds, his goodness, what he has done. 
And I think when we realize what he has done, we recognize he is worthy of praise. But here's what I know. You've done this before. I've praised God for a season, but it seems like it's all piling up right now. You lost your job. You're struggling with a family relationship. You feel alone. You're not seeing anything worthy of praise. You've got great reasons not to praise. And so you don't which then means that you're not taking intentional steps to give credit where credit's due. And I take us back to John Piper saying, your worship of God is a reflection of how you feel about God, and right now you feel pretty frustrated with him, pretty upset, torn. I, I want to know you're there, God. I want to know you're providing. I want to know that there's, there's something better on the other side of this storm. I want to know that you're at work right now in this. And you just feel the weight of the chaos of the world on your shoulders right now. And that's a lonely feeling. That's a hard feeling. This whole pandemic thing is, is getting old. And it got old real quick. This whole breaking the normal is frustrating. And we're getting tired of not seeing God move, not seeing God show up because we're impatient. And we have every reason to be. But God isn't asking us to clean up, fix ourselves, and then we get to see him move. God's already taken care of it. He's already taken care of our impatience, our idolatry, our frustration. He's already taken care of the offense he feels when we direct our praise somewhere else that can meet our satisfactions quicker. And while it might be temporary, it's enough for now. And so what, what God did through the death and resurrection of his son is basically said, I'm with you, I feel what you've been feeling, and I'm still here for you in it. And while you may not feel me moving right now, I'm moving. And you may not see that far down the line to see what I'm doing, but I'm doing it. I'm at work in this storm. And the praise can happen through all of that. King David was caught in his adultery and he pled to God. He cried out to God. He worshiped God in the temple. He praised knowing he was broken, he was wrong. Feeling alone, feeling shame. And he, he dove straight into praise. Because while our circumstances change, God doesn't. While our sin happens, God still redeems. When we can live our lives with proper praise, we can focus back on the God who's given us the days that we can fill with praise. We can take one step forward, say, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I have breath. I have a reason to praise. I don't need to measure up I don't need to compare because I have a God who's taken care of everything. A God who's promised life to the full. A God who's promised to never leave us. And while there are sad songs and happy songs and, and trying songs and wrestling songs of doubt, there's songs to be sung about who God is all the time. 
there's songs that point us back to what God is doing. So I don't want us to just talk about praising God and then go on, get back to work where you're back at your laptop, not around anyone, craving relationship. Go back to our frustrating experiences where you're still dealing with the same problems. Well, pastor said to praise, but I still have this problem. I think we can put it into effect and we can do this together. I think we can experience praise in a very real way together and then push each other on towards doing it more. So we're going to spend a moment and we're going to praise God through song together right now. And maybe you joined us late. Maybe you missed the first two songs we did earlier. But this song gives us the chance to proclaim, profess, confess, feel the truth about who God is. And recognize with everything we have, wherever we go, everything that has breath can praise the Lord no matter what our situation is. So I I want us to pray so we can prepare our hearts to give him praise in one of those seven ways because he deserves the credit. So let's pray. God, we thank you so much. Even though it may be hard to say that, we do thank you. We have breath in our lungs. We have abilities. We have callings. We have giftings that you've given us. And I know that you're meeting each one of us in our situation right now. And as you meet us here Would you gather us around who you are? Would you give us an awareness that you're at work? And would you comfort us with your presence? And even in our valleys, would you teach us to praise? Even in our distance, would you connect us through praise? And would you direct our hearts to praise you and you alone? Thank you for your son, Jesus, and his death and resurrection, and the the grace that you pour on us through that, that allows us to be set free from our disobedience, from our hopelessness, from our chains. So allow us to walk in the newness of life and hear us as we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's praise him. Oh 
That's a moment we can share together and a praise that we lift together. And I want to encourage you to continue to participate. As we put out playlists, as we draw together into worship, participate because God is worthy of our praise. And we're going to continue this conversation on praise. We have a reading plan that we, we do a different reading plan every week through Version, And so we'll put the link up for that and you can join us as we continue to learn about what it looks like to praise every day to live out our days with proper praise because God is worthy of that. And this is our last discussion on Psalms for a while. We're still going to meet right back here next Wednesday, and we're going to begin a new journey to study what it looks like to actually be the church because the church is still open. We still have a mission. We still have a calling, and we get to learn about that and discuss that together. I'm so thankful you'd join us, and I ask that you'd come back and join us on Sunday or next Wednesday so we can continue to grow closer to Jesus more and more.